Coming to you live from Ted Active 2010 in Palm Springs, uh, Gnomewise, Ted Hester, and who are you? Uh, my name is Krupali Tajira. And what brings you to Ted Active 2010? Uh, last year, one of my friends, she was a fellow, and after she came back uh, from the conference, she sent me this email and saying, out of all the people that I know, I need you to go next year. And I asked her why, because I looked at the price and I said, you know, that's a little steep. And she goes... I said, sell it to me in five words or less. And she did. And those five words were? You'll have a mental orgasm. Now that you have been here for several days and experienced the community and the talks, how accurate was that statement? It was that and beyond. That and more, ladies and gentlemen. I am not disappointed. <laughs> I would submit that the world needs more things like Ted in it. Now, also joining us... As usual is my older brother, Ted Hedster. Say hello to the nice people. Hello, nice people. And you, unlike the two of us who are Ted Virgins or were Ted Virgins until recently, you are an old hand experienced Ted attendee. How does this year stand up? This year is doing really well, actually. Um, I knew the numbers officially were a little bit larger than last year. But uh, I'm not sure why my perception is different. My perception is that there's about the same number of people and uh, the intimacy is about similar. I was a little worried that the intimacy might get crowded out. Um, but when you come over to the, uh, the Innovation Lounge and the other lounge, um, it's not overflowing in the simulcast areas. And I, I, I thought it would be like overflow, and it's not so. So when you're in the simulcast areas, it's kind of nice and cozy and intimate and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's good. It, it looks like we could accommodate the extra numbers just by using the space better. Now, to explain to people who have not seen the layout here what we're talking about, first of all, the entire TED Active site itself is a simulcast site, meaning that most of the live uh, content is generated in Long Beach, California at the main TED stage and is satellited to us. Is that a verb? I think it is. Is brought to us via satellite. And we have a large ballroom here filled with beanbag chairs, where if you've been following me on Twitter, follow GnomeWise. Long story, if you're listening for the first time. And you will see by TwitPic feed, including the sea of beanbags and, and all the Tedsters therein. We watch it live on large screens. We have our own local Masters of Ceremony, Kelly and Reeves. Much cooler than Long Beach, but that's a whole other story. And we have our own content here in addition, but the main meat of it is exactly what Long Beach is experiencing. And then across the breezeway from that ballroom is a simulcast of the simulcast in Bloggers Alley, which is an area where people are welcome to crack open their laptops and maybe be a little bit more conversational. Um, a little than, louder, a little more tap, tap, tap at the keyboard yeah. is okay. But they still get to experience it live and relay that experience live via the proclivic use of social networking tools. Now, I know something. Gratuitous use of social networking. Gratuitous, yes. Well, you walked up to my screen, and you said, oh, you're on Twitter. Have you been tweeting? I have been tweeting throughout the conference, yes. You'll go blind. No. Um, 
what kinds of things have gone through your personal Twitter filter? I, I put in any particular quotes that stood out from talks. You're doing TED quotes too. I was doing TED quotes. Okay. I love quotes. So. I just, I've been prefacing everything with TED quote colon and then the quote. Correct. Like one of my favorite quotes was from the the woman from Africa. I can't remember particularly what country. And her quote was, "Her mother told her that education is the husband that will will never leave her." That is a powerful statement. It was a powerful statement. Another quote was from a woman who spoke yesterday, and she said the two biggest problems in life are erections and addictions. And yeah, yeah I get that one. That was another one that just stood out, and immediately I tweeted it. Um, powerful quotes, pictures, thoughts. Um, if my mind is stimulated in a certain light, um, people that I need to contact who would be interested in things that have been said or been discussed. Uh, so a fair, fair number of direct messages as well that you specifically correct. need to see this? For example, Bill Gates. Spoke, Uncle Bill. Bill Gates spoke right now, and he mentioned a gentleman that I've been following on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I sent him a, yay, he mentioned mm. you, and he just sent me a direct message. He said, thanks. Happy dance, happy dance. Happy dance, happy. and I'm going to hopefully meet with him later on to discuss what projects he's doing. So, hooray, you are now famous on the interwebs. And Lee approaches the microphone. Lee, who you may remember from our archive the other day, Lee, how are you today? I am without voice. However, you have chosen the best spokesperson out of the entire TED crowd in this young group of. This is not an accident. She actually sought us out, so that makes it a little easy. Follow me on Twitter. Apparently, Krupali <laughs> is a keeper. Now, if they wish to follow you on Twitter, what is your Twitter identity? My Twitter ID is at Krupali. The way to spell it is K-R-U-P-A-L-I, Krupali. Now you are truly famous on the interwebs. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Plug, 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 plug. We are shameless here. Uh, so you're listening to us coming to you live from the lunchtime break at TED Active in Palm Springs. What you're going to... Oh, I was going to say, you know, when my friend invited me to the conference, this is technology, entertainment, and design. That's what TED stands for. I'm a physician, so I don't really fall into any of the three big categories, yet I'm still here. And it's blown my mind away, even though it may not technically sort of be in tune with what I'm doing for my career, it somehow plays a role because when I've been here, I've been approached by so many people to help out with certain projects. That is, this is definitely has a think tank aspect to it. Correct. And these are people who have come into my life that I would never have encountered or have met. The, so, the, the networking, and not for business per se, no. but just for life. I've been offered sailing lessons. I've been, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, and you, it's, it's the experience of that. You know, the lectures and the talks and everything are phenomenal. But I will say that my favorite times have been the breaks, the breakfasts, the lunches, and the times when I sit randomly next to people and say, Hi, I'm Crew Polly. What's your name? Which is not merely not rebuffed, but is expected and encouraged. Correct. And one of the funniest things, a person came up to me the other day. He's like, um, how many TEDs have you been to? And I said, this is my first one. Why? Why do you Why do you ask? He goes, you seem like a seasoned veteran. I wanted to call you Ted Yoda. And I just started <laughs> laughing. I go, you know, I'm that's scared. awesome. He goes, you're just like sort of floating throughout the crowd. And I go, but that's the beauty of this place. Everybody's very open to being open. Yes. But there's, I mean, that's a, it's a, kind of a weird balance because we're trying to um, foster serendipitous conversations, um, but there's just enough people here that 
you sort of wonder if there was somebody there that you didn't meet that maybe you really wanted to. So it's both sad, but it's also an incentive to come back next year. Or get online to the community. They've got a pretty good website for connecting people and the list of the attendees. Um, so you know, I just sometimes wonder uh, when I'm having a conversation with somebody I really enjoy, that I put that I already met, if I couldn't use the time better to meet somebody I hadn't met yet. It's, it's, it's a weird tension. It's, it's a fine balance, right? It's a fine balance. But I think if you do make a connection with a certain person, it's important to, to spend some time with them. For example, there was a woman named Glenna who spoke at Ted U in the desert. Um, she spoke, she's a young woman who is battling brain cancer. When she spoke, my heart, I'm a physician, a radiation oncologist by training, so my heart automatically went out to her. I sought her out afterwards to speak to her, and I spoke to her for an hour and a half. It was probably one of the most eye-opening, heartfelt discussions I've had, you know, in a very long time. And it, was it because it was removed from the clinical setting? Or at least in part? In part. You know, I wasn't speaking to her as a physician. I was speaking to her as a person. And, and to, I, you know, one of my big questions to her was, you know, how can I be a better doctor? What did you like or dislike? And how can I improve? I, she doesn't know me that well, obviously. You know, we just met. Mm -hmm. But she was very open and honest. But she can speak to you of her experiences with her, with own, with doctors. her own doctors. So speaking generalities of what I want from a doctor Correct. is. And, you know, that could improve me in my own work. Because there's always room for self-improvement. Coming in from an unexpected vector. Correct. Yeah, that, uh, that reinforces that TED really fosters many more than normal teachable moments. Because if you think about it, I mean, in your own practice, you're probably surrounded by lots of people like her. But for some reason, this is a the right opportunity to have that discussion? Right. I, I, I actually tend to ask all my patients that question because Good. there's always, you know, room for improvement. You know, the white coat doesn't make it immune to anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important for me to ask. But, you know, this was just a more, you know, it was a, it was a low-key lounge setting. You know, it was just much more comfortable than an office setting, per se. So I think it was comfortable for both of us. Yeah, I think being divorced from the clinical setting may have helped her as well. Correct. Because... Could you be really, honestly, sharply critical of the person who's keeping you alive? That's very true. Something in your brainstem is going to is going to latch onto you and say, right. "Don't make this person angry." Right. right. So, I mean, it was phenomenal. It was one of my highlights. I am glad to hear that. That, I mean, that and that's only one. Oh, one of it, many. But yeah. this one was my is, is the standout for this you. Is my this was the heart. Yeah. I think we had some uh, potential victims lining up behind you, uh, Ted. Had oh no, they're wandering off. We done. No, you save you. You came. You saw us and walked I, I over here of your I own free will. And well, like, have a seat. Have a seat. You're our first victim. Well, well everyone else is, is obviously off getting nutrition. We're over here doing radio. Yeah, but uh, I mean, can you blame her? It's like you know the train wreck by the side of the road. What the heck is that? Looking at that. What are the IT guys doing with microphones? So they're not so AV. True. Yeah, well, we can be very frightening sometimes. So, what are you still looking forward to, at least uh, other than random encounters with unexpected people, which you can't, you can look forward to, but you can't really look forward to it specifically, but right. from the remaining I lectures... I look forward to, to learning from the, the further lectures. Natalie Merchant, she's one of my favorite singers. I've followed 10,000 maniacs for years. 
Um, from our from our hometown, oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! I very saw, very close to our hearts. I saw her in concert in 1996, so it's been a while. Yep. Um, I'm also looking forward to fostering the relationships that I, you know, met, made here. Not have them end here. Oh no, never! No, 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 no! I'm kind of good at keeping in contact, and I hope to further that along. I believe you. For some strange reason, you give off that vibe. Hopefully it's a good vibe. It is a happy, happy vibe, yes. Good, good. So that's my uh, goal to keep in contact. Excellent. So I have a question for GnomeWise. Bring it on. Uh, you, you know what talks are up and coming, and you have some familiar with looking at TED Talks online. Is there one you're looking forward to specifically? Um, As he checks his cheat sheet, yeah. which is on the back of his license plate size badge. I forgot another one that I'm really looking forward to. Temple Grandin. I know nothing. So, so, describe. Describe. So, there was an HBO movie just two weeks ago. I had no idea who she was. I didn't even know she was speaking at TED. Okay. Um, she is an autistic woman who is now a professor, uh, I think in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. I try to wiki her. Uh, and she is phenomenal. She couldn't speak until, I think, age seven or eight because her mother never gave up on her. She ended up getting a PhD. You know, this is a woman that was told that she was dumb. You know, she should be Everything apparently stacked against her. Oh, Everything. So this was not someone who was a high-functioning autistic. Oh, this was. So she, well, they didn't think she was. She's phenomenal. Now is. Oh, <laughs> but her mother the, never gave up. She never gave up, and I think she tested badly. But you know, testing doesn't prove a damn thing. What so, actually happened is what. Right, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to what she has to say. Well, that hits very close to home for me because my son has been diagnosed diagnosed with autism, and we've been learning about that and dealing with it. Um, nothing to that extreme, thankfully, very high-functioning, but still, no shortage of challenges, and I seek to arm myself with every technique and bit of knowledge that I can find, so I I am now looking forward to that a great deal, to see it, to hear about it from the autistic person's perspective, which is huge to me, because I have a very hard time understanding how my son relates to me because I can't really deeply converse with him yet, meaningfully. So any insights on that are, hopefully, will be be very useful to me. I'm looking forward to it. Now I am, anyway. Yes. Oh, Oh, my favorite. Do you need to leave us? Okay. Kripali, thank you very much for joining us. Being our first victim here. You go ahead and go out that way. Oh yeah, you need your you need your twittering device. I'm not going to call it a mobile phone or a smartphone. It's your it's your Twitter launchpad. Let's see. Oh, unfortunate, unfortunate news from CNN. So Ted Hester returns to the microphone, and we will take a short break while we seek. Uh, for the victims who may have finished their noshing. Oh, or possibly. <laughs> we are live. We wish you to sit down and be spoken to. Well, oh, we can, gosh, duty calls. Duty we go calls. to a musical interlude? We can go to a musical interlude. Thank you for listening. We'll be back shortly. And we continue with our coverage of Ted Active 2010. Live from Palm Springs at the Riviera. And joining us now, we have... Preet Anand. And go ahead and eat that microphone good and solid. Uh, my name's Preet. And what brings you to TED Active 2010? Intellectual curiosity. Everyone's awesome. I just wanted to learn a lot. And how is that going so far? Uh, 
amazingly. It's just, I couldn't ask for a better set of peers to be around and an amazing set of speakers. Now, our previous guest expressed a mental delineation between the kind of experience she's having observing the talks and being surprised at how much more enriching the um, subsequent conversations with random testers has been. What has your experience been? I would completely agree. I think I can't uh, attest to that as much, only because I've been having conversations with my fellow testers about totally different things, actually. Uh, we see, see what we have in common or don't have in common, just start talking about that. So not necessarily inspired by the shared experience of what you just witnessed, just... Hi, who are you and what are you passionate about? Correct. And, and the beauty of TED is people are that open, that you know everyone here is super accomplished in something or another, and that there's just an amazing respect you have for each other and are willing to converse. I find the... Ah, Ted has it brings up a great point that I've observed um, in a previous TEDs I've been at. A lot of these people are very accomplished in their respective fields, and that's great, but um, like all of us who have some skill in something, you know, we, we invest a little bit of pride in that, and especially in our own field. And, you know, we think we're you know, maybe a little bit of a hot shot or important. But when you come here, you know everybody here had to go through a vetting process to get here, but you also know that they're from this ridiculous spectrum of activities. And you don't know if you're next to some hot shot musician or engineer or the co-founders of Google. Um, so you, it has this uh, effect of sort of checking your ego at the door and uh, makes it much easier to relate to people because you self-remove your chip from your shoulder, whatever your area of expertise is, and everybody's so approachable. Which I think is, is a vital part of the equation. Um, I lost my self-consciousness very rapidly once guests began arriving. Um, because everyone was universally approachable. And I stopped worrying about how important or large of a figure I might be conversing with. I'm more interested in what their story is. And on that note, what is your story? What do you do and what do you want to do? So I am going to be graduating this June from Santa Clara University. I'm a, a material, essentially a material science student. And my story is, is that my story is that I was working on a solar project called the Solar Decathlon. Uh, it was a Department of Energy project. We built, took two years to build a green home of the future, uh, transported to Washington, D.C., had 300,000 people walk through these houses, and then we subsequently took third place in the world in terms of green building in that area. Congratulations. Thank you. And so now it's, I see that energy, I see that life, I, just everything's connected in one way. And I think that what I personally want to do is kind of be involved in energy storage specifically and empowering the future of, I wouldn't say renewable energy, but modern energy. Whatever we move towards to move away from the, the damaging systems we have for generating power, whatever that next thing may be is what you want to be ankle deep in, hip deep in. Absolutely. But even, even keeping those forms of energy there's still a big lack in our ability to move energy around. And if we have a, a substantial way to store that, whether it's generated from coal, generated from hydro, generated from solar, we still have to store it somewhere. So this would be the miracle of lossless transmission. Correct. 
Um, I read an article years ago in Wired Magazine. I wonder if you might have bumped into it in your time about um, trying to create a, the, an intelligent grid. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's been talked about, but it really got my attention there. But the article is probably 8, 10 years old at this point. Um, how much is that talked about in your community, the distribution system? I'm, I'm from Silicon Valley, so the smart grid is what everyone's hoping for. Because for Silicon Valley, we have there's a lot of software strengths. And there's also Cisco with networking strength. And to take our part of what's been going on in our clean, essentially our clean, rena clean renaissance, the smart grid is absolutely necessary, regardless of what the power source is, just so that way we can intelligently match demand with supply. And I, it's absolutely happening. I mean, Cisco has ac actually said that they hope for it to be a $20 billion part of their business within the next 10 years. So taking their network, information network switching skills and applying them to power switching, power routing, they seem awfully close. Efficiency is efficiency no matter where you design it. Now you, you spoke of energy storage. This, I've seen this come up many times when they talk about things like wind and solar power. So where you have a solar furnace that during the day generates tremendous amounts of power but goes dark at night is part of a goal to store any of that power that you're not immediately transmitting so you can continue to supply power through the time that the solar furnace is offline? Correct. Just because, you know, there was one of the speakers here, a very accomplished Stanford professor, was mentioning how through solar and wind we definitely have enough resources to power our current energy needs. But what happens in the week? where it's both cloudy and without wind. Mm -hmm. We've got nothing. We can't revert to the Stone Ages for a week. That's not, that's not how life works. We have to have something to get us through. And so what happens then is you would end up turning back to natural gas. If you're turning back to natural gas or coal anyway, it means those plants have to stay operational, which means why would you go through the process of building out the solar and wind power plants? You need an option. You need something to hold it together. So that is your your area of uh, interest is how can we achieve this? Correct. The, the the drum that holds electricity instead of oil. True. That sounds like a very exciting concept. I wish you tremendous success because of the implications that would have for all of us. Now, who, what individual and or speaker that you've encountered here? immediately leaps to the front of your mind when you think of the most exciting or interesting person you've interacted with yet? I know that's a hard question because of the, all the candidates you likely have. In terms of a person I've met with and spoken with here, there is an engineer from Vestas Wind Systems, the largest manufacturer of wind turbines, named Thomas. Extremely bright guy, and we've just been able to talk so much about, I guess you'd say, the cradle to grave of energy. And it's not a simple process by any means, but he has, for anyone who's curious about energy, I totally recommend you try to talk to him because he makes it approachable. It makes you understand how the world of energy is changing. In terms of speakers, I was actually very, very impressed with uh, the epidemiologist, uh, Elizabeth Pisani. Uh, yesterday, she was... Yeah, we had, we had things breaking at that point. We had to go fix. She was very impressive. And also, uh, the British politician, Dave Cameron. 
non-disclosed location. Yes, the super-secret 200-member location somewhere in London. Um, I like, I mean, to, to say that I like something that came out of a politician's mouth is anathema to me. Um, I have an extremely dim and cynical view of anyone who's capable of making so, themselves successful in politics it's because I've observed the kind of compromises someone has to make to become successful in it, so I, I'm very cynical. He made sense at very sensible propositions that I hope get enacted in the UK and emulated in the US. Simply the idea of governments telling their people what they're doing. What a novel concept. This is the information age after all. So I wish people would stop manipulating information and start sharing it. Oh, which is I think why part of the reason why we have TED and why I'm glad that we have TED because that's you know, the opposite of that spirit is what you get here is I have information. Anyone who wants it may have it. Just you only need to ask and I will I will bury you in it. It's a wonderful sentiment to feel coming from another human being. Government transparency is a really interesting idea. The government, you know, tends to resist it. Um, but uh, similar to the yes men who uh, have kind of a quality of showing up organizations that are doing things that they're sort of uh, embarrassed of. Um, the, uh, the let's see, you know, Union Carbide was uh, one of the ones that they, uh, they, they did a... Uh, that's where I'm looking for prank. a prank, basically, and sort of shamed their their new parent company, Dow. Um, that happens a little can happen a little bit in government. So, like the federal United States government says, "Oh, well, it's really hard to track where money's spent," and you see there are issues. Well, the New York City actually has done this, where you can look at real time spending of New York City money and see where your tax dollars are going. So when that happens, when the feds say, oh, well, you see, there are issues, it's really great to say, but well, New York City is doing it. Well, yeah. why can't you? There's and no all reason. all of a sudden, they got to back down. Only so. because they don't want to. It's right. not a valid right. reason. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got some of these ideas at TED, and um, that there are some proof of concepts out there. And I think we just need to capitalize on some of the enthusiasm that might be, might be present here. That's why this that. is an annual event. Actually, twice annual, because we have... Other, we have the international version every other six months. So, by the way, I love uh, the pose you've struck on your badge photo. Uh, I believe I was, that I was enjoying a hike very much, and my sister decided to take a picture of me, and so just glee is the expression I have. Yep, it's, it's, hamming it up was the phrase that popped into my mind. <laughs> that doesn't make you know just me posing doesn't make you for good radio, but trust me, it is an awesome photo. Thank you very much for taking time out of your lunch break to speak with us on our preep. And we're going to take a little musical interlude while we seek our next victim. Do you have any parting comments for the radio and podcast audience? I would just say it's, TED is an amazing experience. Make an effort to experience it, whether in person or at least through the talks. It's, it's amazing to see such intelligent people make an effort to communicate what they're doing. You can go to TED.com and you can simply do a search on YouTube for TED talks and there are hundreds of them wildly varying topics translated there's a huge we had a, a uh, talk today from one of the tra- people who's organizing the translations fantastically awesome and we will be back shortly mm-hmm. 